What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Possums, what is up? Are you ready? Drum roll. We are offensive points. And yes, we are powered by Semi Pro Fantasy. I'm here with Josh. Follow him at Josh Hall SCL. And Billy, follow him at Ombre Vendor. Myself, I love you. Holler at me. My Twitter handle is OP Economist. So we got some news today for you. We are going to go over some dynasty running back rankings and uh, just. Talk some news. We're not? We're no, not. No, no. it's right We're wrong not. really this week. Right wrong really. Why the fuck are we talking about running back? I, I was, that's my bad, actually. Josh wanted to confuse everybody by putting that in the chat when it right, didn't real mean quick, anything real for this here, podcast. Real quick. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. <laughs> nope, no, 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 no. Let's, let's save that. I like the teaser, but uh, no, we we're going to do some. By the way, uh, round of applause for that awesome intro, right? That was really yeah. good. First time we've we've used the new intro. It needs a little Thanks, bit of Josh. tweaking. I, th- I think it's a little too long. I'm sorry if you clicked uh, away, but I guess you wouldn't be here if you clicked away. So we appreciate that shit you. That slaps, dude. I, I think we should make it five minutes. That shit long. slaps. Nobody even wants to hear us talk. They're here for the intro. Five minute yeah. intro. Imagine. Yeah. Um, build it up, build it up. So, okay, we're not doing running back rankings today, but we got right, Ron, really. We got news. I'm going to talk about some golf. It already started, but we'll still touch on it. It'll be fun. 
Yes, fair enough. All right, one week until the Senior Bowl. We're not going to have a podcast next week, everybody. It's not going to happen. Me and Joe will be in Mobile, Alabama. I'm going to be eating crab legs on a boat somewhere. Probably, maybe with Dan Campbell. We'll have to figure that out. (laughs) Damn right. I'm taking him to a strip club. Damn Campbell. Uh, but yes, so this week we're going to, we're close. This is officially closing out the 2021 season. And then we're going to transition after next week into 2022 officially. I know we are a month, you know, behind, but you know that the 2021 playoffs are still happening technically. So, you know, 2021, we're happy out of here. Exactly. This season's still technically happening. So we won't have to trans, uh, transfer until next week. So just. To start us off at the top, we're not having a show next week. So if you don't see anything on this feed, we're not dead. We're just at Senior Bowl. If so. we have listeners in Mobile, tell me the best uh, seafood restaurant they got down there, uh, please. It's Mobile. Yes, please Twitter do. it. Twitter. If you're going to be at the Senior Bowl, look for us. We'll be there. Yeah, and it'll be a lot. We'll of buy fun. you a beer. You know what? Us. We will on the company card. Thank you, Jordan Reigns. Exactly. We'll have we'll have Jordan Reigns uh, credit card information. So if anybody wants, you know, some free merch from him on him, we'll make sure that happens. That's <laughs> I'm gonna just be kidding. Awesome. I know I'm we're just buying kidding. merch. He's, he's gonna love that. But yes, he's gonna get a bill for like twenty eight thousand dollars, and we're just be gonna great because he'll, mobile. he'll see his store blowing up and be like, "Dude, people keep buying all my shit," and then it'll be like, "Oh, why do I? That's that's me." <laughs> Exactly. So I'm wearing my Jamar Chase jersey because we are going for the Bengals. Let's get to the news. So right off the top, Sean Payton stepping away from coaching and leaving the Saints holding the bag. As far as dynasty goes, how bleak is the situation down in New Orleans? I think it was already bleak before Sean Payton decided to leave, but I think it, it's even more bleak now. I think Sean Payton realized Drew Brees was cr- propping him up a little bit there, um, but at the end, whenever there was no quarterback in sight, the team fell to ashes. Um, it's rough. I, I was already out on Kamara after this year. Uh, having him on a team that I manage uh, was rough, and I – overcame sort of uh but i was out on him before this but i think we are we can all agree that we're all out on kamara at this point just in general yeah i like your use of manage there number one and number two they're losing teron arbstead um he's gonna get freaking paid i doubt the saints are gonna back up the truck for him so the line's gonna be at fault we don't know what's going on with michael thomas they really have nothing on offense exciting aside from alvin kamara which is very – it depends who they get in there under center, but if that line's blown up and, and who knows. I mean, Dennis Allen is got to be the front runner for that job, I'd imagine. We don't know what kind of scheme he's going to run. It's probably going to be similar to what Peyton already had there. But if they bring in another coach, you're talking different play. You're talking a bunch of stuff. So we don't even know how Kamara is going to fare in that offense. So we're out. I mean, yeah. they're they're probably not bringing back Jameis either. And then the wide receiver room, as kind of discussed there, is just a bunch of wide receiver threes. Well, here um, and here's the other issue. So there's like $61 million over the cap going into next season. So they're going to have to shred a lot of those contracts. There's no brings truck to back up. There's just nothing to do. I mean, you can always restructure deals and you can, you know, finagle around the uh, cap to make it work in the end. But 
I mean, they don't really have much room to work with here, as is with the roster that they have, which the defense is good. The offense needs some work. So, I, you know, the, whatever coach gets into this mess is stepping into something. Michael Thomas is 24.7 against their cap. Yes. Dead cap is 22.7. And if they trade him, they can save 15.8, but they're still paying him. I don't Who? think there's any bright side ahead of this because even restructuring cap and burning, they're going to have to burn a lot of money basically just to even try. And then exactly. at that point, it's just going to be, it's going to be bad. It is. And they were swinging for the fences, trying to get a, a uh, Super Bowl out of this, but there's just, I don't know what, what they're going to do. Why? Why give that contract to Taysom? Well, the world may never know. You know, it's like the center of a Tootsie Pop. We'll just, world may never know. One bit of Saints news. Um, I'm pretty, I mean, I guess it's really not Saints news anymore, but I'm pretty excited to see where Marcus Williams ends up. Um, Wherever he goes, he's going to be a game changer. And if you can get him in Dynasty right now, which probably can't afford him, um, might be able to. He's probably not like super high. Uh, might be one of those guys to look for in the offseason. He's got a pretty basic name, so people might not know what they got. Just check him out, Dynasty. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I I will – I still would like to see what they, they do. Like if they bring in a coach that is a win-now coach, maybe they can try to figure something out, try to salvage this situation. But – they need receivers. They, they just need a lot on that offense, and I just don't know what they're going to do in this amount of time because if they don't bring back Winston, Taysom Hill's not taking them anywhere, so it's it's more of like, what are they going to do? What if Taysom Hill goes back to Green Bay and leads them to a Super Bowl? Was he in Green Bay? He was originally drafted or picked up from Green Bay. I did originally. not know that. Yeah, <laughs> I would be very pissed off about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. As a bird. I mean, I I don't think it would happen, but it's probably a better chance than Jordan Love uh, leading the pack there. Literally. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, the Packers have that's a whole other situation that we'll get to here in one second. They are we're... well over the cap as well. Yes, they are. They are in yes. a, a same situation. However, I think their relief is coming in terms of our next story. Reports say that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams want to team up in Denver. What kind of package is Denver going to have to put together to make that happen? So they're 45 mil over. And yes. for reference, the Saints are 71 mil over, 72, whatever you want to round up. That's rough. That The package, in my opinion, just got a lot cheaper with Aaron Rodgers, the way he's talking, the way after last season, and they seemed to patch it up and everything was kind of hunky-dory. But then it ended like that. Aaron Rodgers stormed off the field. I mean, picture a cartoon with a rainy uh, storm cloud over his head. That's exactly what he looked like walking off God, the field there. That just painted a picture for me. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm an artist, man. But I just I think it got cheaper with the uh, with them losing the way they did. I mean, I the Packers are going to have to shed it somehow. And if Rodgers isn't going to play, then they got to get what they can for him. I don't think it got cheaper just because this last game, but I think it got cheaper because of the way he's acted all season, Uh, like a child lying or trying sort of lying to the media. Um, So it's, it's definitely, he's definitely gone. I don't, every Packer fan that's holding on hope, he's not going to be there next year. There's no way we called it from the get go. 
And it does seem like it's going to be Denver and they have lots of money. They actually have almost exactly the same amount of money that the Packers don't have. So um, it almost just fits too perfect. He wants to go to the West coast to be with his love, Shailen Woodley. Uh, and there's not really another West coast team looking for a quarterback other than maybe the Seahawks. And I doubt that the Packers could pull off a swap with contracts. So, yeah, I if I had to just guess what's going to happen, because Adams is a free agent, so he's good to sign um, with Denver. But then the, I think it's Rodgers that they're going to have to figure out. And so if I was the Packers, you know, looking at that roster and what would I want off of it, I don't really know what they're going to go after here. Maybe like a Jerry Judy, something like that. Would that be enough? I mean, he's pretty young. Maybe a, Maybe Cortland Sutton. Maybe they go after one of those receivers and try to, you know, quell their losses. I mean, they need defense too. But what I, what player on the team do you all think could possibly be leaving? Bradley well, Chubb would be intriguing because they can probably get something for him just with his pedigree. But they would... can't afford any of those players, though. I mean, they can afford Judy. Judy's on a rookie contract still. So well, that's why. Pretty... That's why I guessed him. But yeah, yeah Cortland Sutton just got a. Yeah, I just got that extension, so it's like how Fant, are they going to fit that in? I mean, not that they super need a tight end, but I think they would be going more for like core players, True. like a Sutton or a, I mean, a line are, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, the biggest thing about this whole conundrum is: does Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Tom Brady went to the Bucks, where he was. They were immediately the best team in the division. But is Aaron Rodgers really going to go to Denver, where he's got the Chargers, the He's got Patrick Mahomes to deal with, and then he's got, you know, whatever the Raiders do this offseason. I don't know if that's the smartest route for Rodgers to take at this point in his career. Also, he wants to win a ship, and when Peyton went to the Broncos, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes and right. Justin Herbert. Well, and he this. had an all-time defense. That Denver defense was incredible back when. He would he almost be there. better going to the Falcons or the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong because that division just got a hell of a lot weaker if, if, well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, as far as Rodgers goes, the thing is, is it looks like they're going, like that's where they, they both want to go. So why they're going to do that to themselves, I don't know. It's going to be one of the most fascinating division fights in a long time. Well, Devontae Adams goes there too, which it sounds like he wants to, that would almost make sense for Judy to swap. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm thinking is you take Judy, who's on a rookie contract, that's cheap, and then maybe you grab someone else and then some draft picks or something. Like they have the, I think, number nine pick. Um, maybe have put that in there. And then but, they could go grab themselves a rookie quarterback in that pick. So Exactly. So they could rebuild because they could get one at their own pick, the Packers, and then get something or, or they could get something at Green Bay. There's a lot they could do if they just picked up that draft pick. But I think – the, the problem with the, the Broncos is I don't know if they're a quarterback and a receiver away from winning. I don't know if they're – I think there's going to be similar issues. It'd be even more funny if he just if he just took Brady's spot in the Bucks. That would be hilarious. But um, That would be pretty funny. I think they're a quarterback away from being competitive. Yeah. Uh, that team it's is just better. That division is tough. Oh, uh, for sure. Well, they're I mean, better but, than the Chargers. With Aaron Rodgers on the team, they're automatically better than the Chargers. But look at the it's NFC just, West. Than, I mean – Literally, all four of the teams had a chance to make it. If Seattle would have been okay, they all four could have made it easily. Like, yeah, that's if Seattle true. didn't blow up. So, I mean, it's not like with the new rules of getting into the postseason, four teams could make it. The whole division could make it. And yeah. 
it's not unlikely, I mean, for them to make it. So I think you should do a, if you can't beat them, join them scenario and just go play for the 49ers. That would be. Yeah, that's that's another one that I think is they a could shop Trey Lance, right? Right. They to could, the Packers, they could and that would be... send Trey Lance. That would make more sense, I think, for the Packers if they like Trey Lance. We haven't really seen much from Trey Lance. Oh, I heard Jordan Love. But we've seen Jordan Love, and it does not look good. I know. Was confused. So, we were all confused at that pick when it happened, though. Yeah. So not nobody's talking about this, but what if? Just this is my hypothetical. Oh. What if he went to the Colts? I mean, they're not quite in the quarterback market. They're going to be paying a lot for Wentz this next year. But yeah. um, hypothetically, if somehow they could pull that off and roster dump Wentz somewhere and get Rodgers there and then have Adam sign as well. They do have a lot of money, actually, surprisingly. Um, Jonathan Taylor, Pittman, Devontae Adams, Doyle, and Mo Alley-Cox. I mean, I don't hate it, but I feel like if you're going to go to Indianapolis, you might as well just go to, like, Pittsburgh. I mean, that team's that's a better setup. Ta- I talked but about that earlier. He no. doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go east, so it's not going to happen. Joe's dream scenario is Rodgers is so pissed off at the Packers that he goes to Chicago, brings Devontae with him, and uh, <laughs> giant middle finger to the pack. <laughs> hey, and that's what Favre did. I mean, except with the Vikings. So, I mean, hypothetically, not off the table. Justin Fields would be a swap mate for that. No, we keep Justin Fields. Uh, you wouldn't be able to. We keep him. Wow. Well, Joe, uh, I don't want to say that's not going to happen, but dream seems, scenario seems slim. It's like me saying Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Browns. Disaster. No. All right. No one wants to go to the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Number also, three. The Browns are pretty poor. Is Brady going to retire? No. No. Okay, well, the only reason I say that is the credible people that were reporting him moving from moving on from the Pats to the Bucks are now saying that he is leaning towards retirement. So clearly they're locked into what he is thinking. So it just appears at this point in time that he might be looking towards retirement. All right, so this is my thing with that. I get it. There's actual reports coming out about how his wife, you know, has been talking about this and he wants to, you know, listen to his wife and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Number my first my first reason is Brady won't retire until he wins a ridiculous more amount of Super Bowls. Like maybe it's just one more, uh, which is already ridiculous at the number that he has. But he's not going to not go out on top with the amount of Super Bowls. He pretty much I don't know what he's averaging at this point, but what is he averaging a Super Bowl every three years? Um, and then number two, he still actually looks good. I mean, he threw for five thousand. I think he the most yards in his career this year. And that was with banged up a banged up team for the majority of it. I mean, although that was banged up defense too, so he had to throw for a little bit more. But I don't. Even, and it's number three is it's fucking Tom Brady. He's not going anywhere. Like we we all want him to. We all want him to move on. We'll always talk about how he's the goat. Nobody you know can dispute that anymore. Um, maybe there's a couple deflate gate jokes in there as well. But um, just saying, he's not going anywhere. There's not this year. Not after the year that like that year was set up to win. And then the injuries are the reason they didn't win. Yeah. Tom Brady has made an entire career out of writing his own narratives. He loves the control of the media. He loves making, I mean, he just plays them like puppets and makes his own story. And it makes when he wins a Super Bowl absolutely incredible, which it is. But Brady's not going out like that. There's no way. I mean, I, I hear you, but I don't think he's, I think he's done winning Super Bowls. That's my thing. I think I don't. I, They're going to lose Godwin. Probably. The AFC is so much better than the NFC. The NFC is going to go on a drought here. 
pretty shortly. He proved because, that he can beat Mahomes. I'm sure he can beat Josh Allen. Yeah, he needed the perfect circumstances for that game to go right. Because it wasn't Brady who won that game. It was the defense. Like, Well, yeah, but that defense isn't going to get worse over, over the next year. I mean, they might not be as great as they were that who's year. Who's the same? I mean, they, they're another year older. I mean, all of them are... They're, they're, they weren't that good this year, especially in the secondary. I mean, they could try to make it as good as they can. I mean, they're going to lose Godwin, most likely. They're going to have to figure this out how this, to... This argument it. is the same as saying every year that the Cowboys are destined to be a Super Bowl, whatever they say, Super Bowl hopeful or whatever. I mean, they have the talent, you know. Why, why would Tampa Bay not be in that? I mean, I guess that part's true because the NFC does have not very good teams in it so and if green bay is easy to win green bay is being dismantled the cowboys are over cap they're gonna have to do something they're not gonna have the depth they have at wide receiver that they used to have what other nfc team is gonna potentially take over for tampa bay it's really just the rams and the 49ers i think it's not I mean, even rams niners the cardinals thing is, it's not even the nfc the afc is so much better than the nfc is what i'm saying yeah but teams have proved that all it takes is a chance to get to the super bowl and you can win there have been many teams that have won the Super Fair Bowl. Fair enough. Yeah, your Eagles prove that. That I any, didn't want to bring any, up. Any team can get there. That no matter no matter how bad they are, they can end up winning the Super okay, Bowl. Okay. See, now that's a You're bunch of stabs. Correct. That that's is a exactly... bunch of stabs for no reason. The team was. The I best had to watch the shots fired. I had to Num- watch five hundred yards of offense either way go off in that. We game. were the number one seed, and we made it to the Super Bowl with our backup quarterback, and then beat Tom Brady in his. I don't know when his prime ended, but in his prime. Mm-hmm. It was a good game. You cannot say that that wasn't a good game. I saw a lot of offense. Let's put it that way. All right. Moving on to number four. Juju Smith-Schuster is interested in KC once again. Will this finally be the year that he moves on to Kansas City? I think so. I don't know. He's he's leaving the Steelers for sure. And I want to say that he'd be best suited for where he's like the number two guy, potentially even number three, you know, Hill Kelsey. Well, this is him saying he wants to go to Kansas City, too. So I'm not even like this isn't even like speculation. He's openly said he would like to play there. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I mean, you've seen flashes from all these other guys. We had that bet about who'd be best of the three. And I think you won by like a hair or something. With... <laughs> it took the last game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for so like all over. three of them have pitched in to be one wide receiver, basically. So if you could get someone who has the talent that Juju has, why wouldn't you put him next to Hill and Kelsey? I mean, that's really what they're missing on offense, which obviously doesn't look like they're missing anything. But why would they though? When we got Hill and Kelsey, you really gonna you already have Jackson Mahomes acting like a jackass dancing on people's <laughs> logos. You're gonna have Juju doing the same. Oh my god. Can you I imagine mean, them making the, TikToks together? Oh, oh my god, Jesus. I would go insane. I don't want to see that. I mean that's a big thing I hadn't thought about. <laughs> The biggest thing with Juju going to another team is someone's going to overpay him. The Chiefs are not going to overpay him when they've made it to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl the last three years. It it doesn't make sense. They have a winning formula, so they could give him you know X amount of dollars to come play with them, but some team is going to overpay to bring him there, a la the Bears, the Dolphins. Somebody in a rebuild is going to overpay him so i don't think he goes i don't think he proved enough to get overpaid these last two years though i think he's gonna get a he's gonna why he wants to go to a good team win a super bowl and get paid a decent amount i don't think he's gonna 
be that guy to root. I mean, he came back on the, to the Steelers this year for what, like one mil? Like, I mean, it wasn't. It was like eight, I thought. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, it was yeah. a prove it deal, basically, and he didn't really prove it. So I don't I don't think he's going to get overpaid, but I think he could go there for a one one year or two year deal. And I think the problem with the KC is, yeah, they, they can do it with the two that they have. But if one of them goes down ever, they're right back out of it. And they don't, McCole Hardman's not stepping in to take over Hill spot yeah. and well that's what like in this draft i think casey should definitely i mean no they never will do it because they always end up picking cornell powell in the sixth round and he doesn't even make the team but like this this year they should finally actually draft a succession plan at wide receiver i think like it's finally time that we start addressing the elephant in the room and that's that tyree kill and kelsey aren't going to be there forever and mahomes is so he's going to need some help going forward for the next whatever. He's got nine years left on his contract or whatever. So silly. it's something like that. Eight years, like, you know, Kelsey will be 40 by the time that in his tr- contract ends. So he's got to figure out some something. And Juju Smith-Schuster is young enough to where if maybe he took a team-friendly deal so that he could help them actually win a championship, and then maybe he can make a big contract for his last, you know, couple of years in the league possible i I like it to have i don't like it i think (laughs) but i think all the chips fell in it and you'd think it would be not juju's favor but the fact that he didn't have if he had a good year i'd say absolutely not but he didn't he had a very mediocre year he even got injured at the end um i think that him coming back here and showing that he can be healthy i mean he played in the playoff game so i'm imagining he'll be fully healthy when the season starts i think it's a good move for them because they Andy Reid can talk to him and be like, hey, listen, stop the TikTok stuff. He can't talk to Mahomes' brother. I mean, he can talk to Patrick and be like, hey, but, you know, Patrick, he'll just be like, ah, you know, I'm Patrick Mahomes. And fortunately. But Fair Juju, enough. he can be like, hey, you want a job? Don't do that. Fair enough. I or think if they were to sign like a James Washington type player who's that's just he's adding to the more. Point. That's more no, of the no, same, no. Joe. What no, he's have. never had the chance to be the number one. He looks good in the chance he does. If they sign someone like that for cheap and then draft a rookie, that is the way that they should go. They should if you got James Robinson, okay, let's say hypothetically uh, the Chiefs have Hill and Kelsey down for a couple weeks, and you have McCole Hardman, Pringle, Demarcus Robinson probably won't even be there, and then James Washington running around. Do you think that any defense is going to be scared of you? Yeah, because you have Patrick Mahomes under center. Nah, I, I get what you're saying. I agree with that part, but I don't think we've saw last year in the Super Bowl how many passes were dropped by these guys who just couldn't hold on to the ball. And yeah, Tyree Kill dropped like five of them, hit him in the face last Super Bowl. Just saying, man. Not no. wrong, but that I think that kind of proves the point of like, hey, if Tyree Kill's covered, you can't do shit. And that's what happened. They couldn't do shit. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I. I think they should address it through the draft. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft, and I think you can put any any of them in right away. But I wouldn't hate it if they went after Juju Smith-Schuster or like a Michael Gallup. Somebody like that would be really cool to have on that team as well, and it would be just – I don't know how – for fantasy's sake, I don't know how good that would be, but as far as for the team, that would be really good for them. On to number five. So we have three new GMs. We have Joe Schoen for the Giants. He's coming from the Bills. We got Ryan Poles to the Bears. He's coming from the Chiefs. And then I am not even going to attempt to butcher the name of the GM that went to the Vikings, but he's coming from the Browns. Um, Mensa. That's the last part of it. 
Okay, I appreciate you getting that, <laughs> that part out because I was not even going to try that. Um, but we got three new GMs. What do we think, guys? Joe, how you about how you feeling about your Bears? It's good. I mean, everything I read about Ryan Poles, he's awesome. He's worked his way up. He's been retained and promoted by three different GMs. He was he was an undrafted free agent. The Bears signed him first shot in the NFL. I really like it. I mean, uh, it's great having the new turning the new page. You know. This man gets to put his hands on the team, craft it the way he wants to craft it. It's very exciting. Along with uh, Minnesota and the Giants, I mean, that's what the fans are dying to see is just what's the next chapter. So. Yeah, and as for our uh, Mensa guy, once again, not trying the best, best part of that, I think Minnesota is going to be in a win-now mindset. I don't think that they're going to try to build for the future because – They've been this far off each time, each year, the last three, four years now. And with this, you got Kirk who's aging. Maybe they hire a six or they get a successor to him, but I doubt they're using their first picks for that. Um, they're probably going to do something splashy in the off season, whether that's bolstering the defense or offense. I mean, their offense is already pretty bolstered. You got an aging Dalvin cook as well. Obviously Madison is kind of the guy, but not quite the, you know, future, future. Um, and then you got yourself Justin Jefferson and aging uh, Thielen. So I think he's going to do some splashy moves in the offseason, especially coming in. Uh, all the analysts and stuff are very happy and excited about this guy. Um, he was a Cleveland Brown. He kind of turned the Cleveland Browns around, I think, right? He helped. I mean, he wasn't the GM to, that well, did it. But. He had to have a, had a part in it at least. So yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Minnesota can do. I feel like they're really good at choking. And the uh, problem is, is trying to build around a quarterback who's not the guy. So I agree. I I, I like the those two. Um, and then Joe Schoen for the Giants. He had his press conference today and said that they're planning to build around Daniel Jones. They're not going to trade for Deshaun Watson, as was possibly reported. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Joe Schoen, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I, I appreciate that you think that you can build around him, but I don't have not seen anything from Daniel Jones yet to make me feel like that was a good call. So I guess we will just end up seeing unrelated or I guess sort of related now that the giants are out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, where's he going? If barring all legal trouble disappears, I legitimately have no idea. I have to think it's Miami still. They've been the ones who have been reported to be the most, uh, I don't know, they've been reported the most, I guess, about where they could possibly go or where he could possibly go. So I don't think anyone believes in Tua. I think he had a pretty good year this year with, but it was Waddle. I mean, it wasn't him. My, so. That's not Miami's not going to happen. There's no way they would come out as strong as they did after he left, after Flores left, and said that they're definitely not doing that. But I can see him going to the Saints. It's possible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Joe Sheehan, the Joe Sheehan thing. I mean, he's a brand new GM. He's not going to take the risk of a guy like Deshaun Watson. That's just a nail in his coffin if those legal happenings come up. But Mickey Loomis has been there for 20 years. It's a winning organization. If they could package some players to get out of that cap, plus some picks and stuff, I think they could land him. If they were okay with Bounty Gate. Yeah. I guess there's also a, a chance with a, a Seattle-Houston swap. Hmm. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, because those are two quarterbacks that don't have homes in the yeah, near future. I don't think Russell's going to want to go down there, though. 
I don't either, but if he got to bring his boy Lockett in. It's possible. We'll see where Lockett ends up. But Lockett's going to end up wherever Russell ends up because there's no way that he's going to be relevant. don't think you're wrong about that. I feel like they know each other's strengths really well. Okay. Well, that's enough news, but I have one quick nugget that was uh, I just need to throw in here at the end of the news. Uh, so Ben McAdoo was hired as the offensive coordinator for Carolina. By the way, Matt Rule, it was fun having you in the league. This pretty much solidifies your fate. But that's not the nugget. Ben McAdoo is a tight end whisperer. So I don't know if you all remember the name Larry Donnell. He was a tight end for the Giants. I don't know, like six years ago, seven years ago. But he was shockingly good as a tight end for the Giants. Um, Ben McAdoo was the guy that got him to that place. He also had, when Evan Ingram came in, he had Evan Ingram uh, saw through Evan Ingram's breakout years, whatever tight end right now, it's Tommy Trimble, but it could be, they could get another tight end, whatever tight end they get in Carolina, look for that guy coming up in the next year's draft. I'm telling you, this is just a little, a little something, something, but Ben McAdoo, as bad as he is at calling plays and all that, he boosts tight end value. So just whatever tight ends on Carolina, the end of beginning of next season, I don't think it's a bad option for somebody to go for because he loves tight ends. Tommy Tremble actually looked really good. I mean, I watched a couple games where he was running like a gazelle. I mean, he looked awesome. He so. did have a couple good plays, but nothing like splashy, nothing that anyone would notice right now. So I'm telling you, man, Larry Donnell, he was a he was a streaming tight end back in the day. The man scored like four touchdowns in a game one time. It was shocking to watch. Might be yeah. something, just saying. Keep your eyes on Carolina, even though this is Matt Rule's last year because Ben McAdoo is the sign. That's like literally waving the white flag on your career is hiring Ben McAdoo as your offensive coordinator. Okay, enough news for the day. On to our featured segment. It's the 2021 season-long right, wrong. Really? I'll go first. So my right, and I'm just going to just – this is the only victory lap I'm going to take. I had a lot of wrongs this year. Don't worry, I'll get to them. My one right this year was a Monroe St. Brown for the Lions. So I, I identified before the season that the Lions didn't really have a set-in-stone slot receiver, and which was funny because that's what Monroe St. Brown did best when he was at USC. So I immediately saw that that marriage was going to work. Jared Goff loves uh, throwing to slot receivers, and they just – even when Jared Goff was out, they just kept the same plays, same playbook, and that was to pepper the slot receiver with targets, which was a Monroe St. Brown. And so he flourished in Detroit. And I think going forward, as long as they keep this similar kind of a playbook, and maybe they're going to have to figure out plays for him now because you can't keep him off the field, I think a Monroe St. Brown has established himself as a receiver, good receiver in this league who not everybody was looking at before the season. I drafted him in season long. I gave up on him pretty quick, but if I had kept my faith that I had at the beginning, he would have ended up winning me something. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, you were you were a above or before the times on the amount of very before the times. And we, we appreciate you. Uh, Wait, that's fun. And I even gave up on it myself. I mean, well, never... it's just one of those things that like in redraft, like you don't have the chance to hold on to guys like that. I know. And it sucks because it does. 
he eventually hit and did exactly what I thought he was going to be able to do, and they just didn't get it to him quick enough. I did that. I've done that every year. There's always one guy where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be good. Actually, um, Justin Jefferson was that guy last year. I had him and uh, dropped him week two. And then week three or four, just the breakout happened. And Woof. yeah, I picked up Ayuk, though, who was good as well at the time. Um, so my right, you know, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, it's it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you may have heard me talk about them before but uh they definitely surpassed my expectations over the last few weeks of the season i obviously didn't expect them to win the super bowl uh i would have liked to see them take out brady a little earlier than he did but uh if analysts have learned one thing it should be don't sleep on them they had one bad year and everyone was out on them they were ranked anywhere from a bottom five to bottom 10 team throughout the offseason and even into the season uh i think they averaged 27 or 26 throughout the season of where they were ranked. Um, Colin Coward had him at the, had them at the bottom of the NFC East at three and 14. Well, that didn't happen. They also had Washington winning the division, which didn't happen either, but that was what is Colin Coward ever write about though. I just, I if saw, that's where you're gonna hang I saw a meme <laughs> and it was phenomenal. No, but everyone was saying that the Eagles were going to win four games, five games. Like we're going to have a top 10 draft pick, which is why we, you know, made the bet in the first place. Um, but they went to the playoffs above 500. Fantasy wise, I had a feel a pretty good feeling about Hertz, uh, which ended up being QB ten, missing a few games, and Goddard finishes tight end six. Uh, both played their roles really well. I was slightly wrong about Devontae Smith and Sanders, uh, wide receiver thirty and running back forty, but their roles flipped when they decided to run the ball. So Devontae Smith had a really good role at the beginning of the season. Sanders had a really good role before he got injured. Um, and had Sanders not got injured, he could have easily been a, a top fifteen running back. Um, all in all, I'm just happy to see people retracting their statements about Hertz and the Eagles in general. There were so many uh, public apologies, uh, which was phenomenal, including Bill here. Uh, and I'm, I was just excited to see them in the postseason. I knew they weren't going anywhere. Even if they would have beat the Packers, we would have got or the Bucks, we would have probably got railed by the Packers, and then we would have had to see Rodgers. So, so it's funny that you mentioned my name when you said that just now. I would like to go over the Eagles' wins this season. They That's beat. Fine. They beat. I know we had easy strength of schedule, but the Falcons, we- oh, the Panthers, the Lions, the Broncos, the Saints, which is actually their best win, by the way. And that was before injuries and stuff. The That's Jets, fun. Washington twice, the Giants. What a great, great bunch of wins you got there. Josh. Oh, we had an that easy schedule, was, but I told you, incredible. I called the nine, eight wins, nine wins. I'm just saying, I don't think they were very good. They just got a really good schedule. But at the same time, they played really good games. They played really good games against the Chiefs. They played really good games against the Chargers, against the Bucks. They didn't play so good against the Cowboys ever. But Bills played a really good game this weekend. Guess what? They went home. Oh, no. I I never said they were going to win the Super Bowl. I was just happy to see them. uh, Just saying, don't you think they were as bad as we all said? They just happened to play bad teams. Were they a bottom 10 team? Were they a bottom 10 team, Bill? I mean, look at those wins. Yes, probably. They beat all teams below them. Where were the did the Browns make the playoffs? They didn't. They did not. Browns didn't play the Eagles, though. And they and Browns didn't have their schedule either. They had a harder schedule. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, tougher schedule. I'm not shocked. I will make a fireball bet with you on this pod right now. Eagles will finish higher ranking than the Browns next year. Write it down. Let me think about it. No. You want to talk shit on my team, you got to take the bet. I'll bet you on that one. If 
Fireball. I'll take you up on it. I hate build, the fucking build. I want no smoke. I'll I'll do it too. Yeah, because Philly's gonna have a harder schedule next year, and the Browns are gonna have a worse. I actually schedule. have seen the schedule, and it's looking a little rough. Yes. No. Our, our extra will, game will, though, fun fact, was the sure. Jets, which was really cool. When they said they were expanding it to a seventeen game season, they were like, "You guys get the Jets." We're like, "Ah, rough." Yeah, I'll I'll for sure take that. All right, it's saddled up then. Oh, my right. I'm gonna toot my own horn on this one. Injuries kind of derailed a little bit, but it was DeAndre Swift. I mean, he was on an absolute tear. I said he was going to catch 100 balls, and he was on pace for 107 um, in the games that he was active. Had he played a full season, he would have gotten there. Now, my other right slash wrong is Jamar Chase. I had him at number 20 at wide receiver, and a lot of places were a hell of a lot lower than him, but I did not have him high enough, and we've seen how big of a game changer that dude is, so. That was my right and wrong. We all publicly apologize for the Cincinnati Bengals. I do have wrongs, though. I, you know, I, as much as I hate that I said they should take Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase, I, I like that team now. I'm like kind of a secret fan of them. So it's the, you know, I don't doubt it. It's the I, Ohio boys, man. I just, I like their vibe. They got a really good vibe. So if Joe Burrow makes it out of the game on Sunday, walking. We will all be happy. Yeah. On the on the on the flip side of that to Billy's call on the drafting Penny Sewell, it it would have been great for them, as in Joe Burrow's health would be a lot better probably still. Although he did not get injured this year, which is, you know, knock on wood. But um the Chase Burrow connection's real uh and it's phenomenal, but him getting stacked nine times in a playoff yeah. game is not good. They need a line and that is gonna be their, their I mean, obviously Chase will be there for longer than you know. Yeah, I keep seeing the note that, oh, he threw for over 300 yards while getting sacked nine times. He should have never been in that position. Exactly. Had he been sacked zero times and thrown for 250, you guys have been just fine. It's also true. You're playing with fire. You got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd who had phenomenal years themselves and could have been just fine with just the two of them. I, I think so. And by the way, just so everybody knows out there, Jamar Chase was the alpha dog on the LSU team that had Justin Jefferson on it. Like, it it should not have been as surprising as it was that that Chase ended up, you know, surpassing Justin Jefferson's record uh, for rookie receiving yards because Jamar Chase was already a better receiver on that LSU team than Justin Jefferson was. It was just they're both really phenomenal. No. Very true. Okay, let's get on to some wrongs. I've got three, so I'll make them quick. First one, don't really need to get into it. It was Trey Sermon. I think we were all we kind need of to get into it. it. Okay, do we? Because I, I mean, there, he he went, was thought to be a top thirty-five-ish running back coming into the season. I never thought that. Um, because he got taken in the third round, which, funny enough, Elijah Mitchell was taken sixth. Think, yeah, sixth round after him. So it was kind of like you thought Trey Sermon was going to get the first crack, and then if that didn't work out, Elijah Mitchell. We get the second, but that's just not what happened. Not really sure what Shanahan was thinking when he did that in the draft, but Trey Sermon was just not not the right fit for that offense, clearly, as he wasn't even active for the playoff game. Um, so I think that's kind of just, I don't know. It, it's just, I guess, a lesson to take that just because a player might project to be as good, you know, because of where they're drafted doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get the first crack. 
Uh, my second wrong was Brandon Ayuk. I thought Brandon Ayuk was going to be Debo Samuel. Like I literally thought those were going to be, I thought that was what was going to happen for Brandon Ayuk. Um, we were all wrong about that. When, literally we? when we were doing the preview, I was like, yeah, they're probably going to have uh, Ayuk and Debo running the ball out of the backfield a lot. And like, you know, we never know who's going to get all the rushes. Like that's the only reason I was doubting Tracer. And then when we were talking about it and Ayuk just wasn't, wasn't the same as he was last year. It was weird just start to the season too, or they like just didn't play him. It was it was very weird, and so I I'll just admit I was wrong about Ayuk. I thought he was going to be much more involved earlier in the season, and he just wasn't. And I think their offense suffered for it. Really, I mean they were bad at the beginning of the season offensively, and I think it was because of Ayuk that you know, I not being the same, used the same as he was last year, that that was kind of a problem. And then my last wrong was Jamin Davis for uh, Washington um, it's IDP, but he was the first linebacker taken in the draft. Linebacker was a huge hole on that um, defense. And Cole Holcomb was the guy there. It was like, they didn't need Jamin Davis to step up. So he wasn't really used or he, he didn't really do as much as I think we all kind of projected him to do before the season. Um, so I'll admit that was wrong. I took him as my first linebacker in a couple drafts and he just wasn't, wasn't used. It was Cole, the Cole Holcomb show. So they didn't really need Jamin Davis. That's fair. I just want to preface this. I was right on all three of those people, except for Ayuk. Actually, that's not true. I was wrong about that. We know nobody knew you were right about Jamin Davis. I did. Wasn't as high as everybody else was. I was indifferent. So I was indifferent. Means, I say, the first linebacker, those in, yeah. first round pick in the draft, you thought he's going to be trash. No, I actually just am a Cole Holcomb supporter and have been. Honestly, that years. entire defense could be a wrong for all of us because we all thought Washington defense. That is true. I think I made yeah. a bet at some point, which I'm glad we didn't pay up on, but I made a bet that some random defense would be a top 10 defense. And I think it might've been them and they were not. Mm. Um, all right. So I got a slightly wrong and a completely wrong and I'll pause in the middle. So don't interrupt me because I know there'll be some backlash on this one. Um, so my slightly wrong was Kyle Pitts. Now I'm not backtracking on my original statement about Kyle Pitts. He was, and still isn't worth the fourth round draft pick in a redraft. Uh, so far, the only tight ends worth grabbing were Kelsey per usual tight end two, Andrews tight end one and honorable mention Kittle who missed some time. Um, none of these other tight ends really the four through seven really made a difference enough to be drafted as high as they were. And if you drafted Waller, I feel really bad for you. Uh, I did too. It's rough. Uh, both 50 plus above the next 10 or so, uh, tight ends, which is all 10 points away from each other at that point. Um, I do want to say Pitts did have a great rookie season. I will give him that. Uh, and I think in dynasty, he was worth the price tag. So that's where I was slightly wrong. Uh, hopefully the TDs increase in the future. Um, and we'll probably see some pretty great stuff in the future for him. But I am a little worried about whenever a actual good wide receiver is on that team as well, because it won't just be the Kyle Pitts show and Russell Gage had a couple good weeks, but it wasn't like he was an all-star wide receiver either. So anything, cause anything, no, no, I mean, you're right. Good going forward. Not, yeah, not good yet. It's just too people get too hyped about young tight ends or the next big thing. And if you're not drafting the top two or top three in the first three rounds, you're you're waiting for four more rounds, basically. Well, I think part of what happened there was like the dynasty brain of it all is to where like 
for years he will be good, but not necessarily for the season. And I think even – I mean, I definitely got hyped up thinking this season was the season he was going to be that good. So, Yeah, this redraft is not really the best pick. I'm assuming a lot of people didn't make the playoffs because of it or yeah. you know, part of it at least. And am I completely wrong? We kind of touched on is the Cincinnati Bengals. But most importantly, in my opinion, Joe Mixon. I was a Joe Mixon hater. Um, and that is just yes, one I completely missed on. Uh, he has been a just a top 10 running back, and that's it, a top 10 at the 10 and 11 spot. Um, but this year, that Chase and Burrow connection would be there, I think was what our logic was from the start, and the offensive line wouldn't be. And so bad that Burrow really wouldn't either at that point even, or really be able to get the ball out, or would get injured again or whatever. So um, that Bengals ragtag O-line held up sort of other than Burrow being the most sacked quarterback uh, throughout the season. Uh, but Mixon turned out to be right, right, running back three, which uh, Mixon's always been that kind of 10, like I said. So I envisioned that O-line would just be too bad to where he could even like not get off the line. And he wildly surpassed my expectations. That is one guy I harped on in the off season and did not touch for the last couple of years because he's just been okay. And his price tag is just too high, but uh, anyone who got him probably won the championship. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Hey, you really hated on Mixon, man. Yeah, never been a fan. He's all like I said. He's always been ten fifteen. Like I'm not gonna pay uh my ninth take my ninth pick and my back to back and grab Mixon and you know Adams or something. I'd rather have yeah. a different running back or two wide receivers at that point. Even like turns out a yeah. passing game will you know change fortunes. I just assumed that offensive line couldn't give him any holes, and he he did. <laughs> oh, they gave him holes, all right. <laughs> anyway, oh, my absolute wrong was Jonathan Taylor. I had him at my number twelve ranked running back going into the season. Um, in retrospect, you probably could have seen that happening, but uh, I was very passionate about him not being that that high. Um, so forgive me for that one. Um, wide receivers, I missed on those. Deontay Johnson was my twenty sixth ranked wide receiver. I thought Ben was packing up and not going to be effective at all. And I had Debo at my 39 ranked wide receivers. So um, I really missed on those. Those were, those were not pretty. So very sorry if anyone saw my rankings. I think uh, our overall rankings helped me out a little bit there. But uh, you did but hit yeah. on Jonathan Taylor, which I mean, I, to be fair, none of us had him as the number one. We're not, we weren't arguing that. I think Bill might have had him the highest, honestly. Um, I did. I had him at number one, and then I got talked off of the ledge. Um, oh well. You should always listen. Nobody, to nobody assumed that that would happen, though. I mean, we knew well, he'd be good. No, not, but... not what happened, but <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of crazy. All right, let's get quickly on to the reallys. Um My, I got two reallys. My first one is Kyler Murray. Why are we doing this every season, man? Every season you start out really hot and look really, I mean, it looks great for the first nine weeks of the season. And then the back half, it's like, are you hurt? Are what are like, what's going on? What's happening? Why is everything completely the opposite? And it happens every year and it's, it seemed to be a trend. So let's get our shit together, Kyler. And then my other really is OBJ. I'm kind of shocked. I, I I think I did not expect for him to sink into this wide receiver two role so perfectly. And if he actually adapts that mindset going forward, that he does not need to be the number one and that he can be the number two, 
I actually think he might be very valuable for fantasy football going forward because he could be perfect in that number two role. And that yeah. is what he's needed to do for like a couple of years now, but there has been nobody to be the number one in Cleveland. So now that he's kind of taken that role on in LA, it's kind of paid dividends for him because he doesn't need to be the focus. Yeah, Absolutely. I completely agree. I thought that, uh, I thought this for a while as well. I mean, I, I, I thought you were going to say something worse about him, but that three catches for 30 yards in the touchdown is exactly what he needs in a game. He needs to, yeah. he's actually winning jump balls, which is actually kind of ironic. Not that he can't jump, but he's not really like the tallest, biggest guy out there. So, well, if the thing is, if he doesn't have to be the focal point, if Cooper cups out there and can be the focal point, have an OBJ on the other side where you can just get it to him and have him throw these goofy ass passes and whatever, that's fine. That's kind of exactly what you need him to do at this point. So hopefully he stays in that mindset and going forward, maybe he's draftable again. Crazy thing is Robert Woods is in, uh, under contract till 2025. So that'll really well, it won't be, be for the Rams, but hopefully with a different team, he can right. like, wherever like maybe, well, I was going to say wherever. Devontae I, mean, I can goes, see him but... resigning him, especially if they, they yeah. make it, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the three, I mean, don't get me wrong, Van Jefferson has been good, but like he's on a rookie contract, so he could easily be the fourth guy. And I could see Sean McVay wanting as many wide receivers on that team as possible. Because had they not had Odell, do you think they'd be where they are right now? No, because Tyler Higby doesn't belong in the fucking NFL. Hey, that was one guy you're actually <laughs> right about. You want to go back to a right real quick? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so my really is the Denver Broncos as a whole. Um, so I've always been a Broncos fan. I actually, my first NFL Jersey was a small, uh, a small child's John Elway Jersey. Um, <laughs> was that fact, when you were 25? Uh, yes. <laughs> 25 years Creep. old. I had a small John Elway. No, I actually have it somewhere at my old house, which I have to clean out one day. So my parents are getting new carpet, which that'll be fun. I'll let you know all the things that I found there. But anyway, um, the, so I knew that Teddy and Locke weren't going to be the answer here, but I thought they would be able to, you know, if everyone stayed healthy, that they could make a competitive team and, and which they didn't at all. Uh, Judy missed an early six games, which didn't help. And of course, Bridgewater had that concussion at the end there. Uh, but with at least two better than average wide receivers at all times throughout the season. Yes, I'm including Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick in this because for some reason he's really relevant on that team. And I love those kind of guys, those Greg Wards, Tim Patrick's. Uh, but Two great running backs who uh, I'm continuing my statement here who played almost every game together. I think Melvin Gordon missed one as well as what should be a top 10 tight end. I assumed that this team could at least be a playoff team, you know, back end. I mean, there's some pretty bad teams in the playoffs. So uh, including my Eagles as well as have multiple fantasy relevant players each week, which technically they did with Gordon and Javante. Uh, but I don't think that that's really what you really wanted. Uh, Judy and Sutton and even Fant had very disappointing seasons. Um, a, a run, a run game that worked really well, which I assumed would be at least this good. Um, you would think that even an okay quarterback could make some fantasy relevant numbers here. Um, and at this point, the Broncos just need to go for one of those big name quarterbacks that we kind of talked about. Uh, this team could be scary next year, which we assume it's probably going to be Rogers that adds in there. Uh, but Teddy B and Locke are the reason the team failed this year. And, it's just sad for fans and fantasy managers alike because the talent and the young core of players on this team is just so good. And I would be so mad if I was like a full-time Broncos fan. I've just always kind of been like uh, what Billy is to the Browns, like kind of a cheering on the sidelines, my little 
Baker Mayfield jersey. Mm-hmm. My really this year, um, <laughs> it doesn't involve any of you possums um, or anyone else. It involves the OP gang a little bit. Um, it's called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and it's a dynasty league that I have finished in second place in every goddamn year since its inception. <laughs> now, to take you back to this year, um, Jamar Chase put up like 65 points on me. Uh, the year before, Alvin Kamara had his Christmas shoe six-touchdown performance against me in the championship. And the year before that, old Billy deployed uh, Saquon Barkley, who had like 285 yards and three touchdowns against me, for another over 60-point thing. Now, this is getting absolutely... Oh, well, what about ridiculous. what happened the year before that? I don't know. What happened? I'm pretty sure the team that I took over beat you. Didn't didn't Adam win? Oh, no. I don't know what happened that year. But the first year that this league happened, um, Derek Carr, I was up uh, by four points. And it was on Christmas. And it was the last game um, of the day. I was about to win the championship. Derek Carr throws an interception to Nicholas Morrow, I believe. No. That couldn't have been the same because they were on the same team. Anyway, Derek Carr threw an interception to a linebacker that Adam had on his team, and it switched it two points the last second of the game. So you guys won uh, the uh, the I wasn't first in yet, championship. Adam well, did. Adam won. All right, real quick. So, let me just read. No, no, no. Let me just this. read his this man's team because it is it is stupid. Like it's this is a dynasty twelve team league. Uh, this man has Kyler Murray, uh, David Montgomery, Najee Harris. This is just the starting lineup with injuries, which we'll get to. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Ayuk, Barkley, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, uh, Justin Simmons, uh, back to some offensive players, uh, Sutton, who RIP, um, Freermuth, this is some this is some good talent for the future. Uh, and then let's go to the IRs, Darius Smith, Michael Thomas, Blake Martinez, Jakeem Grant, uh, Calvin Ridley, Jaden Taylor, appreciate that, man. I'll take him off your team whenever you're ready. Uh, James Robinson, and uh, yeah, that's, I mean, there's some other people on there. Hey, Evan McPherson, great kicker. Yeah, taxi squad kicker, I love it. I should probably activate him now. But anyway, please, fantasy gods, please, 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 really? Are you kidding me? Just let me, just let me have one. <laughs> it's I mean, a pretty... I get the money without any of the pressure of having to defend, which is pretty nice, but it's just getting old, you know? Feel that. Yeah. It's it's sad when you have teams like that that disappoint. I've I've lost the, the um, championship two years in a row in our league, our other league. So it's crazy. It's rough. It it's is rough when you have teams like that. You guys want me to dive into some golf real quick? Yeah, we're done with right, wrong, really. Joe, get us to some golf. All right, we got the Farmers Tournament this week uh, at uh, it's Torrey Pines in California. It's La Jolla, California. If you ever get out there, it actually started today, so it's a Wednesday start instead of a Thursday start. Uh, but we got to see this course twice last year. Um, John Rahm obviously won the Open. Patrick Reed won the actual tournament. Uh, Billy Horschel started out today at nine under. He is playing the North Course, which averages two strokes less than the South Course. Um, so I wouldn't put any anything into that. Horschel's a good player. I don't think he's got this one. It was just kind of a fluke there. Um, each player plays the North Course once. Um, but the names to look at here are John Rahm. He played the South course today. He had a rocky back nine. He dropped two shots on 13 and 16 coming in, but made them back with an eagle on 18. He's sitting at negative six. Now, this dude absolutely kills Torrey Pines. His scoring average is 66.23 every round he plays there. 
and the tournament and gains he gains an average of 2.1 2.41 strokes on the field every time he tees it up for every round so this is your guy he's 51 under for the tournament since 2017 he's pretty much unstoppable uh local dude xander shoffley he's from the area he's at negative four right now he calls this his home course he's never done well here but he did have a tied for second last year so i guess he did do well but he's finally over that hump ryan palmer is another name to look out for he always goes low on this golf course he's at five under right now and Daniel Berger has been playing some great golf for the past year. He is also at negative five. Another guy to look out for is Tony Finau. He absolutely lights up this course. He has 1.55 strokes gained on the field every time he tees it up at this tournament. So those are the guys, if you're still betting, run over to your league, throw something on one of them, or run over to your sports book, throw some money on one of those guys and enjoy it. It should be a great tournament. It always is. But uh, I'll have more golf stuff in the future, and I will get it before the tournament tees off um, so you guys can make some DraftKings bets on that one. Anyway, that's golf. Love love some golf. Uh, speaking of other sports, um, I just want to do a little quick thing. Everybody's all riled up about the MLB Hall of Fame and how Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Pete Rose aren't all in the Hall of Fame at this point. Okay, I get Pete Rose. His situation happened as a coach and as a player. I think he should automatically be in, but his coach situation and cheating and whatnot. But Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, two of the best to ever play the game, both have huge ass asterisks next to their names with their home runs and their strikeouts. And the the steroid era of baseball, I just I don't get how everyone thinks that these guys need to be in the Hall of Fame, because if you look at Mark McGuire, which is a St. Louis native or not native, but St. Louis player. He was a twig before he came to St. Louis from Oakland. And then when he got here, Barry Bonds was a good baseball player before steroids. He was a good baseball player. I'm not saying he wasn't, he was, but he was, he a got his records. Before steroids. He got his, he got his record records from steroids. And that's the problem. And I'm not yeah, saying everyone's I'm, doing it. Who cares? I'm not arguing exactly. one way or the other. I think that they both, <laughs> but like to be in a tissy about it, it's like, yeah, I get why they're not in the, the hall of fame at this point. Yeah. They'll get it eventually. They will. After no they problem. die, probably Probs. All right, Joe, get us out of here. Guys, as usual, it's been a pleasure. We will be riding with you at the Senior Bowl next week. So no pod, but we will be providing updates via Twitter, and we will talk all about it in our next podcast. Thank you. Good night. See you after the Super Bowl.